2: And hello, welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. We are cruising through the week, another busy hour, lots to get to today. And a reminder right out of the gate, if you miss our live show in the 11 o'clock hour each day focused on IU basketball, IU football, and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find us there. But Glad you're with us. Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you have something you'd like to sound off on today, a topic you'd like us to discuss, a question for one of our our guests, and I'll tell you who they'll be here in just a moment. You can send me a text, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and hit us up on the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450 a lot of stuff to get to a little breaking news earlier this morning that longtime Ohio State athletic director Gene Smith is going to retire in June of 2024 so basically one year from now that's before the 18 school as it stands now New Big Ten Conference takes shape with football and fall sports, and I know that Gene Smith's name doesn't come up much on our Indiana-focused program, but he truly has been a pillar of not just Ohio State, but the Big Ten Conference, and really uh, overall college athletics he has served on so many committees and panels for the NCAA over the years. With all the changes going on in college sports, he has been a legendary figure in the conference. And he is stepping aside, and he made that announcement a little earlier this morning. You never know the the details behind some of these decisions. He's been around for a long time. He's had a great, successful career. I'm sure there's no question he's set for life. But you do wonder. With all the madness that goes on or is going on right now with college realignment and so many other things, is he ready for a break? Is he ready to get out of this stuff? But Gene Smith, legendary athletic director, At Ohio State, as I always call him, pillar of the Big Ten Conference, has announced his retirement basically at the end of this upcoming school year. So uh, he's a loss, not just for Ohio State, but for Indiana as well, because he's such a great representative of the Big Ten Conference. I know a lot of Indiana fans have disdain toward Ohio State, especially their football team, but Gene Smith has done great work uh, for the Big Ten Conference over the years. Let's look at the show lineup today. A service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one headlines, news, plenty to get to. Some great stuff on both Malik Renew and Kellel Ware that we'll share with you here in this opening segment. And a lot of other notes some recruiting stuff, a football commit, and more that we'll discuss here in the opening segment. Also, later in the show today, it's Wednesday, so Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star will join. Dustin is the Pacers beat writer for the Star, but he's so well-versed. He talks IU basketball, college basketball. I'm sure we'll get into some college football and the conference realignment stuff with him as well, all coming up a little bit later today in segment two. And then, uh, as always on Wednesdays, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. He is with us Wednesdays as we talk the latest in local sports High school football scrimmages coming up in two days on Friday night. That's a good way to set the tone for the upcoming season. I know there are a lot of uh, big volleyball scrimmages this week. I saw that Providence, always a front runner in the area, they are going to scrimmage New Albany in their annual uh, preseason scrimmage here in just a few days. Uh, I think later today, in fact. And then uh, volleyball gets underway next week with regular season matches, as does volleyball week one games. A week and two days away. We actually have our first high school football coach. Speaking of uh, lineups for the show, Steve Cooley will be with us Thursday on the show. We'll start to preview the area. Felt like we had to start with Coach Cooley, the Dean of High School Coaches. He's been uh, by far the longest tenured coach here as far as football in Clark and Floyd County. So he will join us on our program. But Dustin Dopirac and Josh Cook today, that's the lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into our headlines today. Let's start with Malik Renew, uh, a sophomore forward this coming season for the Hoosiers. Who doesn't think that Malik Renew is going to have to be, need to be, and will ultimately be a key piece of this IU basketball team this season? I don't see any way that he doesn't take a big jump, a big step, uh, as far as what he contributes to Indiana. And I think for Indiana to get over the hump of 7th or 8th in the Big Ten Conference, which is what some of the way early projections where they have them at, uh, Malik Renu has to do more, and I think he will. I think he's going to be a standout for this team this season. The only question I have is exactly what his transformation will look like from last year to his sophomore year. He averaged 6.1 points and 3-point rebounds last season, uh, and he tweeted out yesterday a graphic of himself. It's Malik Reno. I'm assuming as a freshman, an incoming freshman last summer on the left And it's the new Malik renew on the right. And below this, uh, I guess you'd call it before and after photos, he's got body fat, which according to the graphic he put out, is down 3.5%. His vertical jump is up 4.5 inches. That's a big gain there. Pull-ups, he can, I guess on the max that you do, do 10 more, and 185-pound bench press, he can do 14 more of those as well. So, you know, hard to know on the pull-ups and the bench presses and some of those things, but the body fat down, the vertical jump up, and probably most importantly, Golly, the picture of him on the right, the new current Malik Renu. He is a cut and uh, quite a physique for a sophomore ready for Big Ten play. So uh, the body looks good. The metrics associated with that stuff look really good as well. What we don't know is his game, the development, the open gyms, the scrimmages, the work that he has put in individually in small groups with the team this offseason to know exactly how he's playing or what that role is and that jump's going to look like. But everything, at least on paper, uh, looks really good to match the narrative that we all have and all believe that Malik Renew is going to be and really have to be a huge part of the IU team next season. So I would take that, IU fans, as great news. If he's working that hard on body and physique and other things associated with that side of the game, you know he's doing the same uh, on the court as well. Sometimes it's the off the court stuff, the physique, the training, the things that fans and people don't see. Nobody's there to necessarily cheer you on through those tough, grueling processes. That's the hard stuff. He seems to have really made some gains in those categories th- this summer. And of course, there's still a long way between now and the start of the season. Also, good news on Kellellel Ware the incoming sophomore center for the Hoosiers, who I think that everybody expects will only be in Bloomington for one year if everything goes anywhere close to what his future plans are of playing in the NBA as far as his development from Oregon to Indiana. But he currently is at the Nike Skills Academy, which is taking place out in Portland, Oregon, and it takes place from August 7th through the 12th. And uh, the seven-foot big man, he's the only player... From an Adidas-sponsored school, which Indiana is, that is listed on the rosters, which came out yesterday, Patrick McCaffrey, the son of Iowa coach Fran McCaffrey, he is also listed as a participant, but but this uh, opportunity, the Nike Skills Academy, they bring in some great high school players, they bring in some of the college guys, the elite college guys as well, and it's a chance for them to play in front of NBA guys and play in front of a number of scouts. So it's an opportunity for him not only to work and learn from great folks, but to be uh, receive exposure also, so good news for Kellel Ware. I know a lot of people really interested in the seven-footer as well, uh, but that's big stuff. The high school roster at the Nike Skills Academy: Liam McNeely, Boogie Fland, and Dylan Harper. All three of those guys are big IU targets. You heard Mike Schumann yesterday talk about Liam McNeely coming back to Indiana later this fall for another visit. Uh, Could it be a confirmation-type visit where he and his family want one more look and one more discussion of things in Bloomington before making a final college decision? And, of course, Boogie Fland, he's been at Indiana. He's a guy that Coach Woodson is going up to see in New York uh, next week or later in September for a coach's clinic. And uh, we know where he stands on IU's list, that's for sure. Uh, NCAA tournament, I know it's middle of August, long way to go between now and the big dance. But Joe Lenardi of ESPN, he has uh, been thorough this summer uh, issuing updated bracketology. And yesterday, uh, he gave the latest version of his NCAA tournament bracket for the upcoming season. He has seven Big Ten teams in the field. Keep in mind, Indiana has been projected by a lot of the national college basketball analysts to be seventh or eighth in the Big Ten preseason projections and predictions. Uh, He has the Big East Conference with seven as well, which is really good for them, and the Big 12 and SEC, both with eight, just ahead of the Big Ten and the Big East. Indiana, he currently has them as a number 10 seed in the tournament. Uh, if you want to get into the details, he's got the Hoosiers in the Midwest region. And Indiana is listed as one of his last four buys, which tells you that he thinks Indiana definitely is a bubble team for the upcoming season. Purdue and Michigan State, Joe Lenardi has them as number one seeds. Now, we're in the middle of the summer. The season is a long way off, but uh, potentially two number one seeds. Lenardi sees from the Big Ten Conference uh, for the NCAA this year. Illinois, he's got them as a number five seed. Wisconsin, a number seven seed. And Maryland and Northwestern as number eight seeds in the tournament. And then he had Rutgers and Ohio State as the first four out, and Iowa in the next four out. So if you go the tournament field plus, what, 12 teams in the, the Big Ten Conference would have not seven, they would have 10 of their 14 teams. Uh, in the NCAA tournament, or at least really close to being in the NCAA tournament, according to Joe Lenardi's projections at this point. couple recruiting notes. One, a high school note, Derek Queen of Montverde Academy down in Florida. The big man is one of 24 players that has been invited to compete in the Under Armour Next Elite 24, which takes place Saturday at Atlantic Station in Atlanta. There's a girls' version of that game at 6 o'clock, The boys game will take place at 8 p.m., and both of those games will air on ESPNU. If you're interested in getting a look at Derek Queen, he is a talented player. That's for sure, a talented big man that Indiana has been targeting now for some time. And then the transfer portal, it never ends. It never dies. We were talking about the Coleman kid from Cathedral earlier in the week from Ball State. Boy, he entered the transfer portal as a graduate transfer so late and announced earlier this week he is going to Nebraska of the Big Ten Conference. But there's another name to know, former Florida and Samford guard. His name is, I think its its last name is Glover. I think it's Q's Glover. He's back in the transfer portal after Florida and then Samford. He initially committed to BYU, but has decided to reopen his recruitment uh, after some discrepancies with his NIL package according to sources and a couple stories that are out there. He's a six-foot point guard. He averaged 4.7 points per game last season with Sanford, a veteran uh, that can absolutely help spark any offense, but I'll be quite honest with you. One roster spot open, uh, a guy that's been to two other schools, three if you count BYU, which he never uh, made it long enough to suit up in a game. Uh, Question marks there for sure, but it's not uncommon. In this world of the transfer portal, to see guys transfer not just once, but sometimes two times during their career. And then I mentioned this already, but Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith, who's been a pillar of the Big Ten Conference, he announced earlier this morning his retirement. Obviously, that has no effect on Indiana basketball, football, or athletics, but he's been a great advocate for the Big Ten Conference over the years and has always had a voice with the NCAA, sitting on a lot of their panels that have made big decisions, I think, about NIL, maybe even the transfer portal stuff. He's been the head of the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee before, just a guy that is definitely well thought of, and he will be missed not just in Ohio State and their athletic community, but the overall conference community as well. One other IU note, Troy Williams. I think his name came up earlier this week. We were talking about tickets going on sale for the iu auburn game maybe it was i mean I, I can't remember the the details but at some point along the way troy williams we were talking about one of uh, his past big games as a hoosier maybe it was with washington or oregon maybe against washington coming into the conference but uh, anyhow troy williams has signed with dynamo of the lebanese basketball federation it's the top league in the country of lebanon So congratulations to him. Somebody asked me a text message. Have you heard anything about Romeo for next season? I have not. I think he'll have a chance to get picked up on an NBA training camp opportunity but definitely not sure about that. And if it all falls through, you got to believe that he's going to make some serious money overseas playing uh, professional basketball in a top-tier league. So we'll see what the future is for Romeo Langford. I did see some photos of him somewhere he was working out. I know he's been out in L.A. at some point this offseason, but he's definitely been working out recently, as you would expect, waiting the next opportunity for him. One IU football note, Wisconsin gets an offensive line transfer from uh, I should say Indiana gets a offensive line transfer from Wisconsin. His name is Drew Evans. Evans spent the 22 season as a true freshman. He was a walk-on for the Badgers. As he comes to Indiana, though, he's expected to be a scholarship player. So you can add Drew Evans to the roster uh, for the future for this Indiana football team. And again, we are weeks away. Days away from week zero of the college football season. It will be here before you know it. And we are well within less than a month away from Indiana and Ohio State to open up the Hoosiers 23 college football season. It will all be here before you know it. I mentioned earlier in this segment, high school sports, practices, scrimmages, they are underway regular season stuff and many sports gets going next week with week one of high school football next friday night and then iu three two and a half weeks away from the start of their season it's all going to be rolling here very very soon that's a look at our headlines for this wednesday edition of the program thornton's text line is open that number 502-414-1450 again 502-414-1450 we'll head to a quick break When we come back, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star joins. We'll talk IU basketball, college realignment, and much more coming up in the next segment. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Wednesday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is 502
3: I Use that usually into, yeah, basically push the Big Ten into making sure it's doing things that matter for the playoff. Um, but just generally making sure that the Big Ten is making big splashes, is is trying big things, and is sort of put the Ohio State brand... Uh, behind that and and put it center stage. And and certainly, it is a significant loss. I mean, he's used to... Again, he's he's used to operating that way. He's used to getting involved and being in... um, you know, to steal from him in the room where it happens most of the time. Um, and so when you lose somebody like that that's capable of getting in those discussions, uh, it matters. I mean, that being said, you know, the Big Ten is uh, certainly in a big-time place where basically it's the Big Ten and the SEC, and that's who's dictating all the traffic. Um, so regardless of who your ADs are at this point, I mean, the Big Ten gets to dictate a lot of what happens. Uh, but still, I mean, he has a lot to do with the Big Ten having gotten to that point of just being where it is, that it is, it is in control as opposed to watching everybody else around it, um, you know, just try to figure out wh- what someone else is doing. Um, so that's, that he does, I think, deserve a lot of credit ultimately for pu- for pushing a lot of people in a lot of directions. I think, you know, even something like, uh, you know, making sure they played a season in 2020, I think Ian Smith had a lot to do with that. Um, you know, and getting Ohio State in, you know, the playoffs that year, uh, basically when they were 5-0. and So they made the push for that in the NFS were weren't all that happy about that, I'm sure, but all the same, you know, put the Big Ten in a better place. Um, so yeah, I think that it, it is something that matters, and you lose somebody that's been that steadfast of, um, you know, somebody just pushing for the league um, and for, and obviously for his own school, but for the league in general.
2: Dustin O'Pirak, the Indianapolis Star, starting our conversation today on Gene Smith, the Ohio State athletic director, who announced this morning his intention to retire in June of 2024. Dustin, we also got to jump right into conference realignment stuff here to begin our chat. Is the ACC, are they really going to go for just two members out west? Is it possible that we see Cal and, uh, help me here, Cal and Stanford, uh, Stanford uh, come sure. in come into the ACC? Is that, would that make sense? I mean, we're,
3: we're so far past the idea of anything making sense. <laughs> that sense, sense went out the window some time ago. I mean, once the rubicon has been crossed, that you're picking apart the Pac-12, I see no reason why not. I mean, basically, if, if, the, if the Big Ten's already doing it, um, I think Stanford and Cal, you know, have reason to say, "Hey, we we belong in uh, a major conference." And if the, if the ACC still wants to act like one, um, you know, still try to at least be as relevant as possible behind. I mean, it, it's not going to be where the Big Ten and the SEC are. But, you know, it should try to make a play to be put itself in a position where it can't be destroyed. Um, I think that's the most important thing for the ACC to do is pick up whatever institutions it can to solidify itself so that it's not vulnerable um, to be taken apart in some way. You know, make sure that all of those ACC schools hang with them, the North Carolinas, the Virginias, you know, anybody that the Big Ten might be interested in in terms of adding to its brand that uh, the, big, the ACC shores that up, and one way I think to shore that up would go, be to go get Stanford and Cal and say, okay, you're going to be a coast-to-coast league. So, I mean, it makes... It, excuse me. It, it makes us it, I'm going to sneeze here in a minute, but <laughs> it, it's coming, so just expect it. Um, but, it, you know... Once you cross again, once you're, you're over that line that you're taking on Pacific Coast schools and Eastern leagues, uh, basically the ACC almost has to. Um, it, it almost has to try. And if it's Stanford and Cal, you got to get 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 on with somebody that's stable. I mean, I think um, it would just be really weird to see Stanford and Cal in the Mountain West. You know, I mean, like I'm sure there's something elitist about that. Um, you know, the idea of Stanford and Wyoming being in the same conference. Um, you know, it, it just doesn't jive to me. It, it, it makes more sense for Stanford and North Carolina to be in the conference. Uh, together just in terms of looking at the brands of the school. So I could see it. I mean, I, I guess once we're already this far down, I mean, I, I didn't think, I, you know, UCLA-USC was the one to sort of throw everything over and you're like, well, okay, well, I guess everything's possible now. Um, you know, I, if you're willing to add that kind of travel to your school and, and, the, and the money's worth it, um, then there are no rules anymore. Uh, there, there's no rules in terms of what makes sense. So I, mean, I guess if you're Stanford and Cal and you want someplace stable, um and and if you're Stanford and you know, Cal, you belong someplace stable, especially if you're Stanford, you've got probably you know, arguably the best top to bottom athletic department in the country. I mean it, it, if it's not you with somebody you know, there's three or four other schools maybe that you that you're in that argument. Um, you know, you belong in a place like the ACC. You know, as far as just talent and whatnot, you belong you know, competing with Virginia and, and North Carolina and, and Florida state and, and, you know, schools like that, um, that aren't just good, uh, in football that are, that are good in a lot of other sports, uh, basically that, that matter and a bunch of others, you know, Virginia and North Carolina really stand out as far as that's concerned, you know, stalkers, lacrosse, baseball, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, you, you, belong in a place like that. And, and, you know, it's, it's absurd to say that you've got to find it literally traveling 3000 miles for most of your games. Um, but, you know, it it, it makes as much sense as anything else on the board right now.
2: Dustin O'Pirak, the Indianapolis star joining us here in segment two of our program, Dustin, some IU stuff. We need to cover Malik Renu. He tweeted out a couple images, graphics, pictures of him. I guess one would have been a year ago when he was an incoming freshman from Montverde Academy. The other was recently this summer, Uh, along with some metrics, uh, decreased body fat, Increased vertical jump, increased number of pull-ups, and 185-pound bench presses that he can max out. Um, it seems like, at least on paper and the visual picture, that he has made a major commitment to improving his body for the upcoming college basketball season.
3: Yeah, that a cartoon. <laughs> I mean, I could. agree jacked beyond belief you're looking at him like what are you, are you fighting mma after this what's going on here? <laughs> um so it was serious yeah i mean no no kidding i mean he he, he looks phenomenal um and i think you know you you would want to uh, you know considering uh, obviously he had to make some of those strides before last year you would have hoped that would have meant, meant more production than he had um but no i mean that's that's a big deal it is a big deal like i don't want to make light of that or anything like that it it, it matters i mean and you know he he's going to be important for this team. It's going to be interesting what they're to do as far as configuration with the front court. I was just listening to uh uh you know Jeff Jeff Goodman on um uh I can't remember who the other guy was he was doing was this with on on their field of sixty eight or or uh, podcast and talking to they're talking about IU and um it's it's not obvious how you put together Mbappe renew and um you know Ware in in the modern game. I think you know their view is that that Mbappo is more of a Stretch power forward, and, you know, a three would be kind of pushing it for him. Um, but, I mean, if you could put all three of those guys together in a fit, you know, that, that'd be something really impressive. But one or another, he's going to make a difference whether he's coming off the bench at the five or, or starting at the four uh, next to where. I mean, that's a big deal um, if, if he can be really productive. And, and certainly, you know, we saw flashes at the beginning of the last season. I mean, I think, you know, we went going into the year, we really talked about him a lot, about where he could be. I mean, and, and race and trace were really blown away by him when he walked in the door. They said, man, we can't guard him you know, right out of the gate, and we had to figure out how to guard him. Um, we figured it out, but, you know, right out of the gate, we didn't have an answer. Um, so, that there, there's a lot of skill there. There's a lot of talent. You know, he certainly had some struggles, hit a, hit a bit of a freshman wall, I guess. Um, but if he's that much more physically jacked, you, you think that's got to make a difference, um, and just, I mean, confidence, I think is really going to matter for him. And certainly so I think that helps with the belief that, okay, you know, you are this good. You know, r- remind yourself that you are this good, and you can, you know, Take the ball down low and tour on people, and you've got a really good skill set, um, and you know just just believe that you can be dominant. And if, and if he is, you know that that again raises the ceiling for this team. I and mean, it, it, it's it's just such a very interesting squad because you just don't know who's going to play where, who's going to start, who's going to do what. I mean, there's there it, it is it is a. You know, there's a lot of talent, though, so it's a fun little reset. So you look into this, and you don't have a lot of questions answered, uh, but sometimes that's a nice thing uh, is to be able to look and say, you know what, this could go a whole bunch of different ways, but you have the capacity for it to go a whole bunch of different ways. You're not, um, you know, sort of you're in, in a situation or, or, or pigeonholed in a situation where you can only play one way or you can only have, you know, it's got to be this group, and if this group doesn't produce, then you're in trouble. I mean, a lot of different things can happen to make this team pretty good.
2: Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis star. One other player for next season that I know fans are really excited about and I think almost has to have a big year to help Indiana maybe beat some of the preseason expectations of 7th, 8th, and the Big Ten Conference is Kellell Ware. And I saw a couple <laughs> reports that he's at the Nike Skills Academy out in Portland, Oregon, which seems like a really good opportunity for him. The only other Big Ten player there, Patrick McCaffrey, and I guess if you get into the shoe stuff, Kellell is the only player from an Adidas-sponsored school on the roster. It's all Nike guys, as you would expect. But for Kellell where it's an opportunity to work with uh, top-level instructors but also uh, get an opportunity to be seen by NBA scouts and personnel, which I think we all understand clearly his goal is to get to the NBA as soon as possible, which is probably par for the course Uh, with most college basketball players in today's world. But big opportunity for him for a guy that needs to fill a big role this upcoming year.
3: Sure. no, I mean, he's got the capacity. I mean, you're starting to see... you know, there, there were some, you know, right out of the gate, obviously after the draft. But I mean, I just saw another sort of mock draft of twenty twenty four, and he, and he's a first round pick uh, at this point. And you know, again, that's coming from a guy who did not have a great freshman season, uh, you know, uh, you know, as far as production was concerned. But you know, he's got the body, he's got the ability, you know, he's got the skill set. You know, certainly just with a real inside outside game, even an outside game uh, for a, a guy that's seven feet tall and and has some athleticism. I mean, this stuff matters—wingspan and the whole bit. So these are the good guys that are getting taken uh, in the draft, and you know, um, they're not always the most productive as college players, um, but they are getting taken because that's who they, they believe they can turn some—you know—turn uh, into somebody. You know, guys like Trace Jackson Davis, who are extremely productive at the college level, but don't necessarily show an outside game, are the ones that are having a harder time. Um, so, but he. You would hope, I guess, you know, you would have to think he's probably getting picked after this year, but if you're Indiana, you want to make sure that you're getting production out of him. you are getting something for having been, uh, you know, his second stop. Um, and so all this stuff matters. Anything that he could pick up matters, and they certainly need him to play like a first-round pick. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to be an All-American. He doesn't necessarily have to be as productive as Trace was, um, but you at least got to see a lot. I mean, he better be all day Ten at least. Um, you know, he, he better be that capacity player because, yeah, Otherwise, I mean, obviously, you're you're losing an All American, and you got to try as hard as possible to you know fill in for that production. And it's going to come in different ways from different places on the floor. Uh, but you need it. Um, you know, you really you, you know more more than anybody else, you really need that guy to step up. I mean, there's there's other guys that you can count on that you can kind of say, okay, we're going to get this out of this guy, this out of that guy. But if you're talking about this being a tournament team. Or better, uh, that comes along with Kel-El, where playing like a first-round pick, being at least All Big Ten, and, and being at least fringe All-American. Um, and, and so, I think that it is obviously just critically important that, that he is uh, as productive as, that, as advertised. That he turns, that he starts to turn into a player that he seems like he's capable of being. That he is a guy that can beat you from outside and, and inside. That can run the floor, can dunk the ball. You know, play defense, protect the rim on the other end. I mean, like you, you've got, he's, he's got to be, be those things. He's got to be able to play. You know, 25 to 30 minutes a night and be productive in those minutes. I mean, you, you absolutely need where to be a big deal, and it's important to get that he's in all of these showcase things. I mean, he he is in the position where he's got the kind of levers to go there because again, he's a first round pick. Every, you know, he, he is at the moment a first round pick. Everybody wants to see him. I think, uh, you know, I think the the list I saw was out of you know usually when you see these you know for um, you know mock drafts at this point it's almost entirely freshman or G-League night guys uh, early on. You basically returning guys got to play their way in. Uh, to that, but I mean, I think he's one of maybe four or five, uh, you know, returning players uh, that are in the first round that are showing up in the first round mock Draft, So I mean, he's going to have a spotlight on him, um, and he has to step up into it and 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 again play like uh, you know play like he's going.
2: Dustin Doopirak, the Indianapolis Star, talking IU basketball. Dustin, as we talk about where and Renew, I know that they are two of the more exciting players on the roster for what they. Could be, could mean to the team for the upcoming season. I don't think Indiana fans can forget about someone like Trey Galloway, though. I've seen he's inked a couple NIL deals recently. Uh, he's a homegrown player, and when it comes to leadership and defense and so many other things on the floor, it's hard to see this team reaching any sort of great success, a good Big Ten finish, NCAA tournament, or whatever else you want to list at this point of the summer. Without Trey Galloway having a very consistent, solid, and healthy year for the Hoosiers.
3: No, a hundred percent. I mean, with Trey, you almost gotta presume there's an injury in there somewhere. Uh, and 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 I don't say that as a bad thing. I, I think it's not that he's not durable or whatever. It's if he plays like a crazy person. So at some point, you're gonna hurt something. Um, you know, and that's kind of just how it goes. I mean, if you're if you're gonna go all out like that, something's gonna hurt, and and something's gonna probably get injured or you know tweaked or sprained or you know. Fractured, you know, like there's going to be something that, g- that goes along with playing with that kind of abandon, um, but you don't want him to not play like that because that's Trey Galloway. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, like he's not uh, this sort of crafty guy who's got this, you know, just you know he, that, that he's putting everybody on skates with a crossover or anything. I mean, like he his uh, his skill is going all out. You know, and that's, that's who he is. I mean, he scores that way. He defends that way. You know, he runs the floor that way. Uh, all of the above. And, you know, yeah, he's got to be that guy. He's got to, he's got to be as healthy as he can You got to presume you're going to lose a couple games for Trey just on the fact of he's going to play that hard and something's going to happen. There's going to be a collision in there someplace. Um, but, you know, like if you get 25, if you're playing 35 games, if you're, if, you're, if you get 30, that's great. You know, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, you got to presume you're losing a few in there, but you know, uh, he, you you can absolutely trust him at this point. You know who he is. Uh, he's going to be able to defend um, the best player every night. Um, you know, every every guy that plays is going to be able to defend the best perimeter guy. Uh, top perimeter scorer again. He, he's going to get you just so many energy buckets and rebounding. And again, because he's been doing this for four years, like you said, uh, he's going to be the voice now. Um, he's going to be a, a leader. You know, X is going to be there too. Obviously, they're going to be two. You know, they're two very, very different guys. But you know that they are going to be the two voices for this team, getting everybody in line and getting them to do what they. You know, just getting them to play with that kind of pride, getting every everybody else to try to rise to that level. Of energy uh, that, that Trey plays with, so yeah, he's he's going to be critical. Now, obviously, the, the big question is, can he shoot forty-five percent from three again? Um, and that's going to be harder because you're not going to have the force of gravity uh, in the middle uh, with Trace where he was getting double teamed on the time, and he could sort of like flip it out to Trey, and he's wide open. Um, you know, that 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 percentage is probably going to come down some. You'd hope know, that the. Volume goes up a little bit more, um, you know, and then if he's taking a little more chances, even if he goes down from 45 to somewhere like 38, 39, uh, but he's taking more, that might make a difference. But someone's got to be able to shoot on this team uh, is, is the biggest thing. And obviously, you know, Trey's never been necessarily considered that knockdown type of guy. Um, but, you know, if he can hit, you know, he was hitting the open ones last year. If he maybe extends uh, the you know volume a little bit more, uh, you know, maybe that makes a difference. Um, but, yeah, I know he's going to be critically important.
2: Dustin Dopeirak, the Indianapolis Star, with us Wednesdays. Dustin, great stuff. Thank you. Appreciate the chat, and glad college football season is almost here.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me as always, man.
2: All right. Dustin Dopeirak of the Indianapolis Star with us. He joins the show on Wednesdays. We'll take another quick commercial break. Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to this last break. And we're back to finish up today with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, high school football and volleyball and all the fall sports coming up next week with regular season matches and games. It's almost here. We'll take this break. We're back with Josh after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday show, Thornton's text line 502-414-1450, again 502-414-1450. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, with us in this final segment of the program to talk local sports. And Josh, we've almost made it Friday night, in fact. Uh, All of the local schools will be involved in an official preseason scrimmage, so I know a lot of schools have already had maybe an inner squad game last Friday, but this will be, for many, the first time with full-on pads and a big crowd, or at least a reasonable crowd, in the stands for some sort of scrimmage activity, all ahead of Week 1, which is next Friday night, highlighted by the Silver Creek-Charlestown game. So, Josh, it's almost here.
1: It's almost here, and it's hard to believe, you know, it just goes so fast, you know, I uh... In the paper, I started a countdown like 50 days to kick off, and uh, and that was, you know, and that's just flown by. I can't believe that we're almost to, uh, um, you know, the start of the high school football season. Uh, but it's, you know, it's exciting. It's, it's always exciting for the start of the high school football season, no matter, uh, no matter what, no matter what, uh, you know, what the possibilities are or uh, or uh, what the outlook is for the teams. Just because of, you know, it's the possibilities of. You know, will will they be good? Will will this team, you know, win a sectional, or will this team have a winning season? You know, it's just, there's a lot of, uh, you know, everybody's O and O, and there's just uh, full possibilities when the season starts, so I'm excited for it.
2: Yeah, no question. Silver Creek and Charlestown, I know we've already kind of taken a look at that game, but I think it'll be a good one. Charlestown, am I fair to say it, that I think with their returning quarterback and some other pieces might be the favorite in that game, but I would never count out Silver Creek because they've got that uh, excitement behind them of opening up a brand new football field and stadium, which we don't always get to say that here in Southern Indiana. There's been a lot of improvements, a lot of turf fields go in, but Silver Creek has the whole thing. It's all brand new.
1: Yeah, yeah. I haven't checked. Uh, I haven't checked Vegas to see what the line is on this game, to be honest with you. But uh, I, w- I would put Charlestown as a, as a slight favorite. But yeah, playing. Playing its first game on a new new field new stadium I would definitely say uh, give Silver Creek some some definite uh, you know energy heading into uh, not only that game but this season uh, you know I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting uh, to see uh, you know to, to, just to see I, I've been over there but it'll be interesting just to see what it looks like with with fans and the stands mm-hmm. and with you know what they hope will be uh, what they hope will be a packed house um, on that August 18th, on that first night of the regular season, but uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be a hopefully it'll be a good game. Unfortunately, in the in the past few years, it hasn't been very much of a close game. But but hopefully this year will be different. We'll have a we'll have a good game.
2: All right, other week one games. I know we've already zoomed through the schedule, and we'll do some more next week on that. But what else stands out to you? I know that there's enough. It's all of them are interesting because you try to learn for the first time who's who. But is there another game or two you'll be watching closely a week from Friday? Uh,
1: well, definitely, you know, like the uh, Floyd Central and uh, Saint X game, I'll definitely be, you know, interested in to see the result of that game. Uh, Floyd Central, you know, dropping mail and picking up Saint X. Um, you know, Floyd's got a lot of kids uh, coming back, uh, but then you know, Saint X is a big power across the river, so. It'll be interesting to see, it'll be interesting for me to see, you know, how, how Floyd does, uh, you know, um, it, they they haven't won, you know, a season opener in a while. I think they did in 2020, though, because of COVID, because their schedule changed a little bit, but they haven't won one of those season opening games against a Louisville team in a while, so it'll be interesting to see how they, how they do against, you know, a big, um, you know, Catholic powerhouse across the river like St. but. But I expect Floyd to definitely be improved. You know, I was up there last night actually talking to Coach Bragg and a couple of the kids, and you know they were they were. Uh, the, Bragg said they were forty five seconds from from being seven and three last year instead of four and six because they lost you know two two games on walk off field goals and another game on a a hail mary last second pass. So you know they're they're hoping uh, you know to to change that. uh that that outcome, of, you know, this year, and and be able to win those close games or last second games. So, you know, this one, uh, you know, that one will be. I don't know if it'll be a last second game, but I think that'll be a good measuring stick for Floyd, uh, you know, going forward for the rest of the year.
2: Definitely, Josh Cook, sports editor. Of the News and Tribune with us Wednesdays. We talk local sports. Volleyball here as well. Last week you gave us a rundown of some of the storylines to watch in that sport. And as we talk to coaches and think ahead, Providence is going to be really good. I think they've got a chance, but a number of teams should have competitive seasons at minimum.
1: Most definitely. Uh, Providence and uh, New Albany uh, actually, I believe, scrimmage tonight. So that'll be, I thought it was a good uh, uh, warm up for the season. So that'll be interesting to see how that turns out for both teams. But, yeah, Providence, you know, they'll... Uh, I assume they'll start the season, preseason number one in, in Class 3A, but, uh, you know, they, they've got every, almost everybody but two starters back. You know, granted, they were two big starters, but still uh, I expect them to to contend for, um, you know, sectional, regional, semi-state championships, the state championship too, but, um, you know, it's... It, it, it's going to be, you know, maybe difficult to get out of their own sectional because Silver Creek's in there and Silver Creek is, uh, you know, should be improved. They've got, uh, you know, several several big players. Uh, Addison Coon, who committed to Louisville over the summer, obviously is a, is a, is a big presence there uh, in the middle. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Province doesn't have, uh, you know, a lot of height uh, compared to, you know, the, some other teams. You know, Silver Creek's got several girls. Two or three girls at over six feet. Providence, I don't think has any, so you know that's uh, that's something to watch. Um, but then in in the other classes, you know, I expect Floyd to uh, Floyd and all meet to contend in uh, in the four A sectional, and then Jeffersonville I expect will be improved as well. Um, and then we've got some other teams in Class A. I, I like uh, Christian Academy and uh, and uh, Rock Creek, maybe. to, to be in the in the mix in the sectional, so it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, for volleyball how it how it uh, turns out. But uh, I tell you what, most of these you know a lot of these teams start playing next week. Some of them play Saturday, but uh, the high school sports season really gets going this Saturday. With uh, girls golf has already started, um, but it really gets going this Saturday for the for the rest of the sports because there's all kinds of uh, season opening games, invitationals, and in different sports. So. Uh, this is when it really starts uh, picking up steam for for uh, the rest of the sports this Saturday. So uh, I'm excited about it. You know, I'll be probably heading out to several different venues on Saturday just to see some of the, the teams play. So uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it.
2: All right, Josh Cook, sports editor, News and Tribune. We'll close quickly with basketball battle of the bridges all star games between Southern Indiana and Louisville area players. That was Saturday night over at Mid-America. Indiana in the main boys game did not win, but uh, i tell you what, uh, Trey Singleton of Jeff played really well. I think the Indiana girls also were defeated. Ava Wheeler, who's become a great player at Borden. I know she's had an outstanding summer, starting to get some college attention. I believe she was one of the top players, if not the Indiana MVP on the girls' side. So maybe your thoughts from the Battle of the Bridges, a little hoops action here in August. Yeah, it was it was fun to see.
1: You know, it's been a while since we've seen some hoops, so to, to go out there and see that was fun. But, yeah, um, Ava really did get the MVP for the girls for, uh, for Indiana. And, you know, Indiana, uh, their roster was really, uh, in that game, it was really a bunch of underclassmen. You know, usually they like to put juniors and seniors in that game, but really Indiana's roster had several underclassmen, and they were playing against most, I think it was pretty much all seniors for the Kentucky team, including one girl who uh, – uh, 6 6'5 center from Little Butler who just committed to Kentucky I think the next day so you know Kentucky definitely had the uh, you know the height and the, the age uh, uh, on their side in on that one but in the boys game man it was really it was a really good game uh, I was really impressed by Trey Singleton looks really good um, he, he says uh, he might have broken an inch. so I think it, we might list him at 6'8 they might list him at 6'8 this year or, uh, so it's going to be you know I, I was he was showing, he had a 3 player, he was showing his inside game, you know, he had several several big dunks, obviously, you know, expect that in an all-star game uh, atmosphere, but still he looked really good, and then Casey um, uh, Bash from Borden, man, he hit six threes, uh, and he hit two big free throws with 3.7 seconds left to send the game to overtime, Kentucky coach tried to tried to ice him, called the time out in between his free throws, but he hit them both, so, you know, was, uh, he looked good too, and then... You know, some other guys, uh, you know, P.J. Douglas from Jeff had, like, 15 points, looked solid. And then, um, you know, Sam Higgins, a kid from Floyd, he played well in the first half. And then he uh, injured his ankle in the third quarter.
2: Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, thanks a lot. Thanks, man. Have a great one. All right, you as well. That's going to wrap things up for our Wednesday show. Reminder, no show on Friday, but back Thursday, a loaded agenda. Steve Cooley, New Albany football, Alex Bozich, inside the hall, and more coming your way on our Thursday program. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.